You may have heard the expression, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. Okay, if an idle mind is truly the devil's workshop, what exactly are you supposed to occupy your mind with? Busy work? What are we supposed to fill our heads with? It feels like that expression is missing something. It's got the criticism in it, but it doesn't tell you what to do. And also, is the answer the same for everybody, or does it depend? That is the subject of today's podcast. We'll dive in right after a quick word from our sponsor. Hey guys, Ashley here. Are you having trouble meeting the right girl? Are you struggling due to lack of confidence, not knowing what to say, or not having a plan? Are you tired of being told to act confident around women without being told how? If so, I'd like to introduce you to the Gentleman's Guide to Flirting book from David Sharp. If you are afraid to approach women in public, this book is for you. If you aren't having success meeting women on dating websites or apps, this book is for you. If you're having trouble connecting with women on dates, this book is for you. The Gentleman's Guide to Flirting has loads of modern, field-tested, and ready-to-use examples to help you confidently approach women and meet great women either in person or online. It also has practical, real-world advice to help you truly get the most out of the dating process. And it has thoughtful, practical advice for cultivating and sustaining your relationships for the long term. It's got it all, and you're going to love it. The book's website is gentlemansguidetoflirting.com. That's gentlemansguidetoflirting.com. You can go to gentlemansguidetoflirting.com and click the Buy Now button, or just search for Gentleman's Guide to Flirting by David Sharp on Amazon.com or anywhere else you buy your favorite books or eBooks, and start changing your life now. Hello there. Welcome to episode 85 of the Gentleman's Guide to Excellence podcast. I am David, the author of the book of the same name, Gentleman's Guide to Excellence, as well as my first book, The Gentleman's Guide to Flirting, both available on Amazon.com and everywhere else you find your favorite books or ebooks worldwide. I was listening to a podcast recently where two famous and very successful people, Bethany Frankel and Danica Patrick, this, this was Bethany Frankel's uh, very famous um, and popular podcast. The, well, those ladies were sharing their experiences about how they achieved success and the thought processes that got them both there. At one point, the person being interviewed, Danica Patrick, the famous uh, race car driver, said, an idle mind is the devil's workshop, which is something that a lot of people in the West may be very familiar with. We have listeners in over 100 countries around the world. Maybe you haven't heard that phrase, but an idle mind is the devil's workshop is something very common on, that we hear in the, on the West, especially in the English-speaking countries. And both the ladies, uh, they, they both agreed completely. It was very like self-evidently obvious to them, and they just moved on. Now, I agree, too. It's, it's hard not to, but it does beg the question, if my mind shouldn't be idle, what exactly should it be busy with? Do you struggle with that question? Do you not knowing what to do every day? Not having, not being on a on a good productive path, I think many of us can agree that life is too short to waste, and you shouldn't dawdle away your precious time. So, as is my habit, I like to go look at the origins of things. So, where did this saying come from? An idle mind is a devil's workshop. 
Well, I looked online and found some discussion on idleness, which was defined as being used to describe a person. You know, idle typically carries a negative connotation. It's not considered something positive, especially in the West, with the assumption that the person is wasting their time by doing nothing of value. Nothing of value. These interpretations of idleness are not universal. They are more typically associated with Western cultures. Idleness was considered a disorderly offense in England, punishable as a summary offense. That was way back. I don't think it's uh, on the English uh, law books right now. So I took a look at that because I thought that was interesting. Well, just a brief detour here. And this is in some older English, so it's going to sound a little funny. But, quote, Another branch of summary proceedings is that before justices of the peace... In order to inflict diverse petty pecuniary molts, M-U-L-C-T-S, that word means to extract money from someone by like paying a fine or taxing them. Back to the quote. And corporate penalties denounced by act of parliament for many disorderly offenses, such as common swearing, like I do on this podcast all the time, I'm sorry, drunkenness, which I do never, vagrancy, idleness, idleness, which is... Uh, a germane to our topic today, and a vast variety of others for which I must refer the student to the justice books formerly cited and which used to be formally punished by the verdict of the court leet. That's from the Commentaries of the Laws of England by Sir William Blackstone. This is from uh, several, a few hundred years ago, so that's why it sounds a little stilted and weird to your ear right now. But I thought it was interesting that idleness used to be considered a crime, at least in England and maybe other parts of Europe. I don't know. Now, back to the story. Now, that sounds like something from centuries ago, like a reasonable thing, when if you sat around and did nothing and, and didn't tend to and harvest a crop, say, for example, you died of starvation. Your family died of starvation. Or maybe your village did or something. Or maybe an idle person was seen as someone who was um, like a problem for the community or the society. They robbed people or they stole things from people's homes. That sounds right for them, you know, to really punish someone who's not being product like a productive uh, member of society. Now, this isn't then, right? For most of us, you know, everybody's situation is different. And again, we've got people in over 100 countries listening to this podcast. Your situation may be different, but bear with me here. I think for the purposes of our presentation today, I think I'd, I'd prefer the wording of an idle mind is a waste of time instead. Instead of an idle mind is the devil's workshop, which sounds medieval to me. And not modern and not con not a contemporary way of looking at things how about an idle mind is a waste of time a waste of precious time i'm not sure an idle mind condemns you to a life of crime of evil doing but it wastes time time that you need to succeed in life and work toward maximizing your happiness and satisfaction with life that's the more modern phrase and I'd like to run with here. But that's, that's not my point. My point is, my question is, what should you fill your head with exactly? If you're not supposed to be sitting around idle, twiddling your thumbs, staying in bed all day, playing games, what should you be doing? How do you employ your mind and your other capacities in a constructive way and in an efficient way? It would not be great to run around like a maniac just doing things and running around in circles and still get nowhere, right? So here's my response, and, and also it's the perspective from my books. This is a dramatic simplification, but there are three main parts to think about, to how I think about this. The first is the notion of continuous improvement. 
That's a central theme in both of my books, including The Gentleman's Guide to Flirting, the first book. And by continuous improvement, I mean that could refer to your health, your mental and physical health, your happiness, your career, your education, and all your other goals. The second kind of like pillar there is finding your passion. And by that, I'm talking about figuring out what you really want to do in life. Don't spend years going down paths that just make you miserable every day that you'd make that don't inspire you to that don't make you want to jump out of bed and be happy to go on go about pursuing your career or your job or your business the third pillar is once you've done those things or, or even if you haven't finding your passion could be a hard thing it may take you years to figure that out but you should you should that should be top of mind for you to do that the third pillar is setting goals that work for you You'll know it when you see it. You know it in your gut when you have written down goals that resonate with you to your core. And they could be about anything, about education. Hey, I want a PhD. I want a master's degree in business. I need this particular technical training because I want to start up this kind of business. Whatever it is, you'll know what you'll you'll know, you'll feel it in your gut. You'll just know it's the right thing. You'll see the quality of the decision when you've got a goal that resonates with you. And I think you should keep those goals like with you all the time in your head. And re the reason why you need to do that is because you need to break down the steps to achieve those goals into manageable, small, doable pieces and then execute on that plan. And by executing your plan, I mean every day you are stacking wins towards those goals bit by bit. You may not be able to go and hit a goal on a single day. It may be a goal that takes you years to go and achieve, but and this, the wins I'm talking about stacking can be tiny little achievements, just tiny little pieces. But if you want to add all those pieces up, you get someplace and you do that every day. In a prior podcast, I suggested at least hitting three, stacking three wins every day. Three sounds like a small number, but after a week, that's 21, right? We work seven days a week, not five, by the way, right? So it's not 15, it's, it's 21. It would be 21 in a week. It'll be 84 and change in a month. And over the course of a year, it's a, it's a few hundred, it's several hundred. And before you know it, uh, you, you're getting somewhere in life uh, by doing that, following that, being that meticulous about it, being that disciplined about it day after day, stacking those ones toward those goals. So that's what you got, those three pieces. Continuous improvement, finding your passion, and setting goals that work for you and stacking those ones every day towards those goals. The beauty of my way, our way, yours and my way, is that we can do this. You can do this and it works. And that daily progress toward deeply held goals has myriad, many benefits for your happiness, towards improving your confidence, confidence naturally, improving how you feel about yourself and also how others might perceive you and the energy that you project. They will feel that positive energy from you, coming from you, coming from your chest. So if you suffered from the idle mind problem before, that idle mind's a devil's workshop or idle mind's a waste of time, however you want to think about that. Before, if you thought, if you suffered from that before and you are worried about being adrift in life and wasting time and not achieving your potential and you can just feel the time just wishing by and you're not getting anywhere and you're just not satisfied, you now have a roadmap, a plan, a plan of action to turn that completely around. Continuous improvement finding your passion, setting goals, and stacking wins, right? 
Now, you might end up like me and end up with way, way, way too much stuff to do every day, but that is what I ask for. I've got a lot of things that I want, and i got a lot of things i got to do, and I'd rather go and stretch myself, to be honest with you. That is what I wanted. I want things for myself and my family and the people I care about, so I need to go work to achieve those things. Those things cost money, significant money, and I need to go and do that. Now, some days, I'll be honest with you, some days it would be a lot easier to just stay in bed, to pull the covers up over your head and say, fuck it. But no, I'd be wasting my valuable time and my goals are worthwhile. They're worth pursuing. If I take a day off, I regret it. I don't feel good about myself. I feel better when I push myself reasonably well. I got to get rest, got to have leisure time, I got to have some fun. And believe me, I do. But I need to support my family as best I can and provide for them. And that is exactly what I will do day after day after day as long as I am able. So that is the approach I put forward in my books. And I strongly recommend this mindset as a way forward for you as well. Don't be trapped by this whole idle mind thing. Don't waste time. Figure out what you need in life, what you really want to do. Don't let somebody else decide that for you. Really thoughtfully consider how you want to live your day to day, what you want to be, you know, like a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. And how do you want to retire? What do you want to do around family? What do you want to do around your education? What do you want to do around money and prosperity and a business and a career? All that stuff, set up, set up your goals and then work towards those things. And that's just, that's just how it is that, you All right. That's all I have for you today. Let's get after it out there and I'll see you next week.